0: Welcome to LifePoint Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to LifePoint Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. As we begin today's broadcast, let's review the six tips that the parents have given us to help us see the other person's perspective. Number one, share your highs and lows. It will help your spouse experience your day. Number two, set out the right pair of shoes. It will keep your spouse from missing the mark. Number three, highlight your most important emotional needs. It will remind your spouse of your hardwiring. Number four, get specific with your gripes. It will increase your spouse's likelihood of doing something about complaints. Number five, provide a bit of context. It will tune your spouse into the meaning behind your emotions. And number six, give your spouse the whole picture. It will keep your spouse from having to play emotional games. You know, each one of these little tips, when we practice them, will increase the odds of understanding each other, mutual understanding. They will make trading places much more likely and ensure that your needs are getting met. But there's another reality. You have to keep at it. A couple of programs ago, we quoted G.K. Chesterton. If a thing is worth doing, it is worth doing badly. After all, none of us will ever perfect the fine art of empathy. And that includes not only you, but also your spouse. Gary Thomas, the author of Sacred Marriage, illustrates the reality of humanness in marriage. He writes, If you were to divorce your spouse, interview 200 replacement candidates, put them through a battery of psychological tests, Have follow-up interviews conducted by your closest friends. Spend three years dating the most compatible one. And then another 40 days praying and fasting about which one to choose. You'd still end up with a spouse who disappoints you. The point is, we're all human. Nobody's perfect. Sometimes our spouse will understand and trade places beautifully. Sometimes our spouse will fail miserably. Each of you can only do so much to help the other see your point of view. You won't always succeed, but you can keep trying. So keep trying even if you're doing badly. According to the parrots, there are only two types of people that are incapable of empathy. Narcissists and deviants with no conscience. Everyone else can use their head and heart to put themselves in their partner's shoes. Studies actually show that empathy is hardwired into us. That being the case, the parrots say that there's no reason the two of you can't practice this skill and enjoy its rewards. But even if this is so, some well-intentioned couples will never reap the benefits of trading places. For a variety of reasons, they will mute their natural capacity for mutual understanding and empathy and wonder why it's not working. The parrots warn us against four potential hazards. One, a lack of knowledge two, a lack of motivation, three, a lack of prioritizing, and four, an unwillingness to change. According to them, these are the most common reasons even well-intentioned couples miss out on the promise of mutual understanding and empathy. So let's take a closer look at each of these. Some people never trade places because they don't know how. Let me share this humorous story to help illustrate this point. A man in a hot-air balloon realized he was lost. He reduced altitude and spotted a woman below. He descended a bit more and shouted, "'Excuse me, can you help me? I promised a friend I would meet him an hour ago, but I don't know where I am.' The woman below replied, "'You're in a hot-air balloon, hovering approximately thirty feet above the ground.' You're between 43 and 44 degrees north latitude and between 38 and 39 degrees west longitude. You must be an engineer. Indeed I am. How did you know? The balloonist answered, Everything you told me is technically correct, but I've no idea what to make of your information, and the fact is, I'm still lost. Frankly, you have not been much help at all. If anything, you've delayed my trip. The woman below responded, You must be in management. Well, indeed I am, but how did you know? The woman answered, Well, you don't know where you are or where you're going. You have risen to where you are due to a large quantity of hot air. You made a promise which you have no idea how to keep, and you expect people beneath you to solve your problems. The fact is, you are in exactly the same position you were in before we met, but now, somehow, you've managed to make it my fault. How many times in your marriage have you had a conflict because you see the situation one way and your spouse sees it another? It happens to all of us. Inevitably, we bump heads because we don't share the same perspective. And if we don't know the ins and outs of mutual understanding and empathy, that's just where we'll remain, in conflict. You know, if you've been with us for this study, you know how to trade places. You know how to put yourself in your partner's shoes and you know how to make it easier for your partner to do the same. Some never trade places because they don't try. You know, most of us have heard of Albert Einstein. He was constantly asking what-if questions about the universe. These questions led him to revolutionize our understanding of space and time. But what you may not know about Einstein is what James Gates Jr., an African-American and a leading physicist, discovered. Einstein showed tremendous empathy for African-Americans in his day. Gates saw a fascinating correlation between Einstein's capacity for scientific creativity and his genius for imagination, which allowed him to put himself in African-American shoes. In other words, Gates viewed Einstein's ability to ask what if as a major factor in his empathy. But Einstein's empathetic genius fell short in his personal life. Tom Levinson wrote a biography of Albert Einstein, and according to him, it was hard to be Einstein's wife. As with other great human beings, Levinson suggests one is tempted to idealize Einstein's genius and make him a saint. But Einstein was no saint at home. He married Mileva in 1903 and soon gave her a long list of rules with commands such as, you must answer me at once when I speak to you. And ten years into the marriage, after becoming world famous for his theory of relativity in 1905, Einstein said of his wife, I treat her as an employee whom I cannot fire. A year earlier, Mileva posed a penetrating question of her own to her friend Helene Savick, all that fame does not leave a lot of time for a wife, but what can be done? One person gets the pearl, and the other just gets the shell. Einstein had the capacity for empathy. He practiced it widely with others, but when it came to his own home, he didn't even try. So at age 44, maleva was divorced and chronically ill. Hans Albert, their oldest son, was 15 and bitter edward their second child was nine and confused and albert was forty a world-famous figure and married for a second time the einstein's home could have been very different had albert only tried don't make the same mistake clement stone once said try 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 and keep on trying is the rule that must be followed to become an expert in anything Don't be discouraged if you're not an instant expert in empathy and mutual understanding. Keep trying. Every effort brings you closer to the marriage you desire. Some never trade places because they don't make it a priority. Tim Sanders, the author of Love is a Killer, shared some very poignant things about priorities. Take your life and all the things that you think are important. Put them in one of three categories, glass, metal, and rubber. The things that are made of rubber when you drop them, he said, will bounce back. Nothing really happens when these kinds of things get dropped. For instance, if you miss your favorite team's ball game, your life will bounce back just fine. It doesn't change anything of consequence and nothing is lost. Missing a game or even a whole season of football will not alter your marriage or your spiritual life. Things that are made of metal when they get dropped create a lot of noise but you can recover from the drop. You miss a meeting at work, you can get the notes from a colleague. Or if you forget to balance your checkbook and lose track of how much you have in your account, and the bank notifies you that you've been spending more than you have, well, that's going to create a little bit of noise in your marriage, but you can recover from it. Then there are things made of glass, and when you drop one of these, it will shatter into pieces and never be the same. Even though you can piece it back together, it will still be missing some pieces. It certainly won't look the same and you probably won't be able to fill it up with water because the consequence of it being broken will forever affect how it's used. You're the only person who knows what those things are that you can't afford to drop. More than likely, they have a lot to do with your relationships, your marriage, your family, and your friends. I'm going to make an assumption that if you're listening to this broadcast, that your marriage is a priority. But what I don't know for sure is whether you're willing to establish mutual understanding and empathy as priorities. As we've said in previous broadcasts, empathy and mutual understanding require intention. The oil tycoon H.L. Hunt put it this way, You've got to decide what you want, decide what you are willing to exchange for it. Establish your priorities and go to work. I'm convinced some couples miss out on the benefits of mutual understanding and trading places because they never establish it as a priority and they never go to work on it. Mutual understanding and empathy should be put into the glass category, to be treated with great care, because it gets to the heart of your marriage. Well, our time is about up for today. Have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To you know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.